you ladies for that, and I'm very much in alignment with what I'll be uh, preaching here tonight. And so let's open our Bibles to the book of Romans chapter number one, Romans chapter number one here tonight, and we are getting ready for our mission conference, going to be dealing with some stuff in regard to that, and so Romans chapter number one, and we'll begin in verse number one and read verses one through five, and we'll be in several other passages of scripture here this evening. And so we're going to look at a few verses here tonight, so be ready to, to use your Bibles here. But um, as we consider our mission conference here, the word missionary is not found anywhere in the Bible. While it is not literally penned, the model of a missionary is found um, throughout the, the New Testament, particularly the book of Acts. Um, the word to describe what we call a modern-day missionary is uh, really the word evangelist. In the Bible. As an apostle, Paul exemplified um, the work of an evangelist. Uh, Philip was also known as an evangelist. Um, early in my calling as a preacher, um, I recalled the teachings of uh, my pastor, Pastor Wood, and I've shared a lot about him. Um, he taught me what uh, we call a missionary, really, is what the Bible calls an evangelist. Without causing conflict, there are men who hold the title of evangelist um, but operate much more like a prophet. Um, but I'm thankful for them. Amen. Um, they are needed, and we need them in our ministry. And so I'm not looking to, to call them down or um, look down upon them. We need them in our churches. Um, yet this idea of missions and evangelism go hand in hand. Uh, Jesus is the author of the cause known as the Great Commission. His command is to go, teach, baptize, and teach. Paul followed that model. Um, he fulfilled the Great Commission in his life. Um, looking at the mission Jesus gave, we can look at Paul's example as a missionary evangelist. And so let's go ahead and look at Romans chapter 1, and we'll begin in verse number 1. The Bible says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. And let's go ahead and pray this evening. Father, as we come to you, Lord, God, we need you tonight, and so, God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, as we prepare for our mission conference, I know you want to do a work in our church. God, I believe you want to do a work in our state. Lord, I believe you want to do a work in this world and this country of ours, and God, we need you. God, the greatest need has always been and will always be that of the gospel, and so, God, I pray that you'd help us to look at your last command, and God, that that would be our first priority. God, we love you, we thank you, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we look at Paul in particular, he calls himself an apostle. In the Bible, there is what we know as the office of an apostle, but we're going to look here in just a moment. There's also the work of an apostle. Um, they are not to be confused. Um, the office of the apostle really it ceased with the writing of the book of Revelation. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, um, when that which is in part, um, um, when that which in part has come, that which, when that which is in, I'm totally butchering it, sorry, my mind's a little all over the place. So I'm going to have to turn there here for just a moment. And uh, But uh, the Bible talks about that which is in part, it will be done away with when that which is perfect is 
has come. And so we have a, a complete copy of the word of God. That which is perfect has come. So that which is done in part has been done away with, in particular, these different signed gifts. But yet the idea of an apostle is this, a sent one. And every single person who was saved I believe, is sent uh, to preach the gospel um, to, to the regions beyond us. We're to, to be a mission, uh, missionaries, if you would. And we have received this idea of the apostleship. You look at verse number 5 of Romans chapter 1. The Bible says, By whom we have received grace and apostleship. Why? For obedience to the faith among all nations uh, for his name. And when Paul called himself an apostle, that was an office. But when you read this passage... Everyone who's saved, if you have obeyed the, the faith of the gospel, regardless of where you come from, you have been now sent to go and preach the gospel. Every one of us uh, who is saved is now sent to, to be a missionary, to be uh, a sent one, if you would. And so I'm thankful for the song, Hear My Lord, uh, Send Me. All of us have a calling. All of us are sent. And not only are we sent, but we must send as well. And that is the idea of the mission conference. Um, when we used to travel, when we were raising support uh, to go to Taos, we would go to mission conferences. And, and a statement that I'd made um, throughout the, the different conferences was this. Uh, you know, we go to the mission conferences and we preach for faith promise. And as we preach uh, for faith promise to give to missions, um, God wants us to put something in the offering plate. But there may come a time when God wants us to be willing to go, and uh, we put ourselves, quote, in the offering plate, and willing to go out and to preach the gospel, and so forth, and in, in saying such, a God uh, allowed some people to be called to preach in several of the mission conferences that we had attended, and so forth, and so all of us are sent, and so as we look at this, and we look at the missionary work of Paul, um, we, we can see um, things that our own church uh, can find and look at sending others, how we can send people out. The Bible is the final authority of all matters of faith and practice. Therefore, um, we will study a biblical missionary and a biblical approach to missions and those we send. And so Paul is our example. So we're going to look at four different key points in the ministry of Paul as we consider our missions conference, and hopefully this will be a blessing to us as we are sending people out uh, during the mission conference to go and to preach in the regions beyond us. And so the first thing we see concerning Paul is this, the proving of Paul. Go in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter number 9, the book of Acts chapter number 9 here tonight. And as you're turning there, we're going to see how Paul proved himself as a missionary and as, as one who would be sent. And so the idea of proving is this. First is um, Paul was truly converted, but then secondly, Paul also proved himself in his testimony of being converted. And so Acts chapter number 9, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, and Saul, this is referring to Paul. Um, his name later was uh, changed to um, Paul, and it's kind of like my name is Esteban, but I have some family that calls me Stephen. It's, I'm the same person, amen, but I'm um, Stephen and Esteban. And so that's the idea there, Saul and Paul. And so it says in Psalm, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughtering, um, slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him uh, letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, referring to those who follow Jesus Christ, the way of 
the truth, and the life. Whether um, they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined, shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And notice that uh, submissive spirit there when he says, Lord. He, I, I believe he had already believed that Jesus was the Messiah, but there hadn't been a turning to him yet. And so there was a, a head belief, but there wasn't a heart turn. And, and that's why Jesus Christ said, Repent ye and believe the gospel. There was a head knowledge, but the heart hadn't been um, dealt with yet. And now Jesus is dealing with his heart, and he's submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he says, Who art thou, uh, Lord? And so you see that he's submitting in verse number 5. And uh, the Lord said, I am Jesus. Jesus, whom thou persecutest, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And so we find here, this is the conversion of Paul, the apostle. And he's on his way to go and basically, he's going to kill Christians. They were going to Damascus. He was going to get anybody who had followed um, the way um, the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. They were part of that way. And as he was going, that there was this instance, and Jesus appeared to him, and he said, Saul, Saul. And, and he cries out to him, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Now, when he considered that, you remember earlier in the book of Acts, whenever Peter stood up and preached on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people got saved, the Bible says that they were pricked out at their heart. It was a, a one-time conviction, and they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And, and they'd gotten saved that day, and then they gla that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there was added unto them about 3,000 souls. That was that one prick. But here is Saul, and Jesus told him, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Uh, he, he had been under conviction for some time and, and Jesus kept pricking at him and pricking at him and pricking at him. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like needles, amen. I don't like to be poked. And, and yet Paul kept kicking against those things. Uh, there's been times we've been out... Um, hiking in the mountains and, and things like that. And you know how it is. There's, there's a certain point in the mountains where there's no more cactus. Amen. I like that area. But there's some places where there's still some cactus. And, and you're up there with the pinon and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and you, you step on a cactus and it pricks you. It hurts. And normally when it hits you, it's not just one that gets you. There's a few of them. And, and you got to pull them out and take off your boots. And, and you pull out all these little things. And that's not fun to deal with. And, and yet Paul um, didn't accidentally um, kick against them like we may. He was consciously fighting against God and he was pricking at his heart. But there came a point in his life whenever Jesus Christ brought him to a decision. And understand this here today. Uh, Jesus has always been a crossroad. And when you come to him, it's either a choice for him or against him. And Paul um, was there and, and Jesus got a hold of him. And, and Lord, what would thou have me to do? He finally submitted to Christ. He called on, on his name as Lord. And I believe that is when he was saved. And so there's this conversion that takes place. And, and as we consider that thought, obviously, and we're going to send out missionaries who've been saved. Amen. And, and you don't want to send out a missionary who's not been saved and, and so forth. Uh, there, there'd be some problems there. How can you give what you don't have? And so Paul had it. And now he, he wanted to go out and preach it uh, to all the nations. And you look at verse number 15, um, referring to Paul. 
It says, but the Lord said unto him, um, this isn't Paul, it's Ananias who's going to deal with Paul, go thy way, for he, Paul, um, is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Paul had a threefold ministry. When you read him um, in the book of Acts, he would always go to the Jew first and then to the Greek afterward. That was the first two-thirds of his ministry, but at the end of his ministry, God would have him to go before kings, and he went um, bound. He went um, as a prisoner, but that was part of God's will, so he says, strip me of my freedom. Uh, God wants me to preach before kings, and even if it means I'm a prisoner, I'm willing to go bound um, preaching the gospel to kings and so that was part of the ministry of Paul so he had this uh, true conversion that took place in his life go further down Acts chapter 9 um, verse number 17 it says and Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him saith, brother Saul on the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost and immediately there fell from his eyes that had been scales and he received his sight forthwith and arose and was baptized and when he had received meat amen he didn't receive vegetables he received meat amen um, he was strengthened he got some strength from some meat amen it says then Saul I'm um, certain and then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he was the son of God and so you see this conversion that took place now understand this here today I can't do anything to save myself um, works don't save me I can't do anything um, I can't change to be saved but let me say this here um, when I got saved I was changed Amen. I needed him to do that work in my life. I was a sinner, and I still am a sinner. I couldn't undo my, my bad um, by trying to be good. I had to come as a sinner, um, knowing that I was lost and on my way to hell, and it was against God. And when I got saved, he changed me. I wanted him to change me. I couldn't do it myself. He was the one that had to do the work, and Paul understood that. And so here's Paul now, and he got saved, and his life was changed. And he went from killing Christians and persecuting the church now going out and preaching the gospel there was a change that took place in the life of Paul and so there's this proving that's happening there's this testimony you go further down um, to verse 27 they tried to kill him and uh, it says in verse 27 but Barnabas took him Paul or Saul and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how um, to, unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus and he was with them um, coming in and going out at Jerusalem and he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians um, but they went about to slay him and and it goes on to say of verse number thirty one then had the churches rest through all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified you say why is that well Paul was the one that was um, persecuted them and he got saved and there's this testimony of a life change and and they're, they're, they're no longer being persecuted amen God is working through him and so you look at this and there's the proving of Paul not only was he proven in his testimony um, but you see him um, proven in his preaching uh, he, he proved himself that's why Paul later on wrote to Timothy concerning ordaining people, and he said not to lay hands on any man suddenly. A person would prove themselves in the ministry, and, and that's what Paul did. And, and you don't see him much um, in the few chapters here and there. You see him, but later on you find him in Acts chapter 13, and he's been serving. He's been faithful. He, he's proved himself. Uh, he, he's risen up, and he said, I'm going to serve God, and he had that testimony 
there. And as we look at that, uh, we need to, to consider that as we uh, send out missionaries and support missionaries. And what is their testimony? And so um, there's the proving of Paul. Um, secondly, there's the pattern of Paul. Now go in your Bibles to Acts chapter 13. We're going to read verse 1, only parts of it, um, but then we're going to jump down. The first parts of Acts chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Now they, now there were in the church, so Acts 13, verse 1, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch um, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas. Okay, so Barnabas is the one that has been discipling Paul. At the end of that verse it says, um, and Saul. So, so here's these people in this church. And it says in verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work wherein to have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. And being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, and they go off to preach. And this is the first missionary journey of Paul. And this is his pattern here. Um, he submitted to ascending church. And that's a big statement there. Because there's missionaries out there um, that don't have a local church that's behind them. And they need a local church that's behind them. That, that's the, the authority. They lay hands on them and send them out and, and so forth. And, and as we look at the different missionaries that have come through our church and so forth, they, they've been sent out by a church. And, and our church supports missionaries who are local church sent. Amen. Local church sent. Sent And so Paul was sent out of the church that was at Antioch. And so you're there in Acts 13. Um, now, now go to Acts chapter number 14. This is after his first missionary journey. And he went out to preach the gospel and to establish local churches. And it says there in verse number 21, Acts chapter 14 and verse number 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, um, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. This is a different Antioch. Um, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in every church um, and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And so this authority sent them out and they had local church authority to go out and plant other churches. And they laid hands on people and they became um, independent, autonomous, um, local New Testament churches that continued uh, the ministry of the gospel. But here's this. You go now to verse number, um, verse number 26. And thence sailed to Antioch from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they Fulfilled. They went back to their sending church um, after they had went on the missionary journey. You see this accountability to, to ascending church and so forth. So they had this authority to go out, but they came back. And so you see here just this model there. And I'm thankful, you know, whenever missionaries go out and preach, uh, they, they go out and they start churches. They baptize people. They, then those works are independent and autonomous. There's a man that uh, I buy flies from in Kenya. And uh, this man has a testimony of salvation. When I asked him about the church that he's a part of, he said, my pastor is a national pastor, but he was trained by an independent Baptist missionary from the United States. And I look at that and I say, praise God, amen. This is an independent Baptist church all the way in Africa that's fulfilling the Great Commission. And you see the, the, this continuation from one church to the next to the next. And that's always been God's plan, amen. It's always to the ends of the earth. It's always to go out and to plant other churches and so you see that Paul had this authority and he went out and fulfilled that work but then he came back 
to ascending church before he went out on his next missionary journey. So that, that's one of the patterns of Paul. Another pattern of Paul is this, that he, he would always go to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. Go to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, and we'll begin in verse number 1. This is his next missionary journey. It says, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, look at this, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead. And this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And so he went to the Jew first, and also to the Greeks, you go down to verse number 10. After they ran him out of Thessalonica, it says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went in to the synagogue of the Jews. And so he's going back uh, to the Jews, and it says there in verse 12, Therefore many of them believed also of honorable women, which were Greeks, and of men not a few. And so you see here, it's both Jews and Gentiles getting saved, and that was part of his pattern in going out, was to go to the, to the, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And that's because you find in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And I'm thankful that um, God has a worldwide plan and Paul wanted to reach both those people. But you remember whenever um, he was there after he'd gotten saved that his ministry would be to the, be a light to the Gentiles and to kings and to the children of Israel. And there he is fulfilling that commission going to the Jews and also to the Gentiles. That was his pattern. So you see the proving of Paul. You see the pattern of Paul. Next thing is this, we see the preaching of Paul. And so let's go in our Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. And as you're turning there, this is one of the churches Paul had established. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we'll begin in verse number 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 17. The Bible says, For Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel. Now, let me say this, baptism is important, amen? But baptism isn't what saves. And so, but baptism is important, nevertheless, so don't downplay baptism. But understand this, so you can go to heaven without getting baptized. The thief on the cross is a perfect example. And don't say it rained on that day, and that's how he got baptized, because he didn't go all the way under, amen? You had to go under, put him under till they bubble. And so, there you go. But uh, you see there, he went to preach the gospel. And it says again, verse 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Amen? Um, the gospel is the power of God. Do we want the power of God? Yes. Um, then let's be gospel-centered. Amen? That's where the power lies. It's in the gospel. Yes, we need to pray. Yes, we need to fast. And those are things we need to do in seeking God. Um, but ultimately, the gospel is the the power of God. And so I'm thankful for that. Let's continue in that same chapter, verse number 23. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks a foolishness, but unto them which are both called Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. So you see him preaching the gospel. That, that was his main focus, was to preach the gospel. Go to chapter number 9 now, chapter number 9. 
1 Corinthians chapter number 9. And he says in verse number 16, verse 16, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. So 1 Corinthians 9, 16, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. He had a desire to preach the gospel. That, that was his calling. That was what he did. And he said, well, what's the gospel? It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He didn't go out with a social program. He didn't go out to feed people. He didn't go out to build homes for people. He went out and preached the gospel. That was his main concern. Now, did he help people? Absolutely. I believe Paul would have gave the shirt off his back in order to be a blessing to somebody. But understand this. His primary focus wasn't to, to be a, a social person to deal with the needs of society his primary purpose was to preach the gospel and in the preaching of the gospel and people getting saved um, lives would be changed and it would help the society he understood there was a bigger picture at hand and so the gospel was the spearhead um, that, that as he would preach uh, that that was the main thing and so he would preach the gospel um, that that was the preaching of Paul but yet at the same time his preaching also had this. He wanted to see believers grounded in a local church. See, it was just the beginning. It was just the beginning. You look at an arrow and you look at the broadhead, amen, that's just the beginning. That's the thing that penetrates. There's the shaft. There's, there's the rest of it. There's the bow. And whenever you take down an animal, um, that's when the work begins, amen? And so that, that's just the beginning. That's what the gospel is, is just the beginning. There's so much more to um, being saved than just getting saved. And Paul understood that. And he said, look, it is great that you're saved, but now you need to get grounded. Now you need to be established in a local um, church. And so Paul uh, labored so that churches would be established. He didn't just labor for people to be saved. He labored so that those who got saved would get baptized and then they would grow in the Lord. That was his purpose. Uh, he was, uh, and concerning the church, he said he was a wise master builder. He understood these things. And so Paul um preached so that uh, believers would be grounded in the gospel. So go back in your Bibles now to the book of um, Acts chapter number 20, and we see this example. He spent more time in the city of Ephesus than any other city that he had uh, been in as far as uh, an evangelist or church planter or missionary. And so Acts chapter 20, the Bible says, and from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. Acts chapter 20, verse 17, now verse 18. And when they were come to him, he said to them, You know that from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, verse number 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the line of the weight of the Jews, and how I kept nothing back that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, uh, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And so you see here, he's serving and he's giving them the gospel. But you go to verse 26. It says there, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. He didn't stop with the gospel. He taught them the word of God and he established 
a local church there by God's help. Jesus built that church. And you look at verse 28. He's concerned with that church and the leadership. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. What is that? He established a local church. And whenever you read the book of Ephesians in chapter 4 in particular, he deals with uh, the working of a local church. And he talks how that they would be, um, that, they would, that they would come together in the unity of the faith of the gospel and not be tossed henceforth uh, with every wind of doctrine. But what? That they would be established, that they would be grounded. And so Paul, yes, he preached the gospel but that was just the beginning. Um, people who had gotten saved, he wanted them to grow in the Lord and ultimately to become part of a local church. That, that was God's plan. He just expected that. Amen. Um, to be outside of a local church is not part of God's plan. Um, he expects believers to be in a local church. And so Paul uh, did that. That was his work. Um, he didn't always plant churches because sometimes they wouldn't receive him. But everywhere he went, he always preached the gospel. And if he could, he would establish a church. Even the church of Thessalonica, he was there for three Sabbaths. And they ran him off. And yet you see him writing 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. What's that? A local church had been established. Amen. I'm thankful um, for that. So that's part of the preaching of Paul. And now we're going to close with this thought here. The passion of Paul. Understood, understand this. Paul knew that he was indebted to preach the gospel to all. Go to Romans chapter number 1. Romans chapter number 1. Where we started here. We'll look at verse number 14 and 15. Romans chapter 1, beginning at verse number 14. He says, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am now ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. You find here that he felt indebted to preach the gospel to everybody, regardless of social status. He says the Greeks and barbarians. Greeks were known for having a, quote, more noble, um, dignified society. And yet he says, I'm willing to go to the barbarians as well. In fact, he said, I made all things to all men that by all means I might save some. He's willing to go to whoever. As God would lead him, he would go to uh, any person, regardless of their social status, regardless of their intelligence, regardless of their, their, their ethnicity, their, the color of their skin. It didn't matter. He went to all and would preach to them. And you see that there. And he says, I'm willing to go to Rome. And, and Rome was a pagan city. Um, he went to Ephesus. He went to Corinth. And those were pagan cities. And Rome was a whole other level. And he said, I'm willing to go there also. It doesn't matter um, where they're at. They need to hear the gospel. And God said to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth and to every creature. And so I'm willing to go to whoever, because the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so he was willing to go to all. There was that passion of Paul willing to go um, to whoever, um, wherever he was at, he would preach to people. But now let's narrow it down here. Romans chapter 9. It wasn't just to the world. Paul had a burden for his own people. Romans chapter 9. Paul was a Jew in his bloodline. And so Paul had a burden for his people. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, the Bible says. Touching the law, he was blameless. I mean, he, he was the man when it came to Jewish tradition. But his people weren't saved. So Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 9, verse 1, he says, I say the truth in Christ, 
I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. And he goes on to say, who are the Israelites? And he describes them. But he makes this statement here, because I'm telling you the truth. It's in my heart. It's in my conscience. The Holy Spirit of God is dealing with me about this. I can't shake what God is doing in my heart. He says, I have heaviness, sorrow. I'm broken for some people. Who are these people? The Israelites. They were his kinsmen according to the flesh. He was broken for them. And he said, if, if I could die and go to hell for them, I would. Now, that's compassion only second to Christ. Because Jesus did take our hell for us. He paid the debt of sin when he died on Calvary. And I'm thankful for that. We can't save anyone. That's a testimony that I can't get anyone to heaven. I can't get anyone out of hell. It's Jesus and only Jesus who saves. Amen. So uh, don't be praying people out of purgatory. It ain't going to work. Amen. If Paul um, couldn't do it, what makes us think we can? But, but he says here, I'm burdened for my people that I'd be willing to go to hell in their place. And we know that he meant it. Because in Acts chapter 20, whenever he's in Ephesus, where we were just at, he told them that he would see their face no more, and they wept for him. And he said that he was going to go to Jerusalem, and that he's going to go bound, and he was going to have affliction. And yet he says, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, and that I might finish my course of joy. And he says, I'm willing to go and be a prisoner, even if it means that I would die for the faith just to preach to my people one more time. That was his heart. He wanted to go back to his people and preach the gospel. And you see this pattern or this passion of Paul. And I want to ask us here tonight, we look at all these different things about Paul and his ministry, and we look out about sending out people. But as we started, the idea of being an apostle simply is this, being a sent one. All of us have a mission. All of us have a calling. All of us are sent somewhere to preach the gospel. It starts at home, amen? could be in our workplace. could be in our neighborhood. We go to the grocery store. Um, all around us, there's people. There's, there's a state that needs to be reached. Um, there's a, a region of our country. Um, Pastor and I have talked about this many times over. Um, the Northeast has experienced revival. Um, the, the, the South has experienced revival. Even the Midwest has experienced the touch of God and the power of God. But you don't find that happening in the Southwest. And there's a bondage that's in our area. And the only thing that could break that bondage is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want us to look about us and look around us and look at our own area, our four corner states, and ask ourselves, am I fulfilling God's calling? Am I reaching my own people, the people around me? And as we consider our mission conference, we need to send some people too. So I just want to challenge us here. Like Paul, he was a sent one. We're sent as well. What are we doing with our calling? And so with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father,